I also think that it is easy to fall into the trap of believing that your partner should know what it is that you need without you even having to, again, say anything. That if they really loved you and they really knew what you wanted and who you are and they weren't so selfish, they would automatically and naturally just do what it is that you really need. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Expressing Needs and also Expressing Feelings. Yep, it's going to be a monologue that I'm going to be doing with you here. It's actually a late-night monologue for me, but it's been on my mind. I really want want to get it out. I got my cat sitting across from me. His name is Habibi, my sweet Habibi boy. It's a lonely night for both of us. My wife's getting ready to go to bed already, and he's going to keep me company tonight. Yeah, he's my audience as well as you. And at times, he's got some needs. Like right now, I know he he wants to go to bed with me, and he starts nibbling at me sometimes. He wants me to pet him, but he's like nibbling at me, a little restless. He wants to go to bed. And I think we do that to each other, that we really want to express our needs, but sometimes it comes out biting that we nibble at each other. We usually nibble at it in a way of expressing more negative expressions than a positive expression. So right off the bat, I'm gonna tell you that there's a big difference between expressing a positive need and expressing a negative need. How is that? Well, right off the bat, most people express what it is that they don't want. They tell the other person, I don't want you to talk to me in a disrespectful way. Or I just need for everybody to just stop bugging me. Is that really too much to ask for? Right? Those are expressions of negative needs. We're telling people what we don't want them to do. And usually on the receiving end, people are going to get defensive. They're going to come back and more defensive attitude. So when we give the picture in a positive need, a positive need would be, I want you to talk to me in a loving way instead of, I don't want to be talked to in a disrespectful way. When we do that, we give the person the picture of what it is that we want. I want to be talked to in a loving way. Or instead of what I said before, I just need everybody just stop bothering me, which is a negative need. A positive need would be, I could really use about 10 minutes of quiet time. Are you willing to give that to me? I think negative needs also comes from more of a victim stance. As opposed to a positive need, I'm advocating for myself. I'm telling people what it is that I want to experience. And as I'm picturing what I want to experience, 
I have that in my mind so I can rendezvous with more of the experience that I want instead of the stressful experience of what I don't want. That might be nuanced for people, but it's a real change of mindset and it's a very different way of expressing needs. And we can also back way up to express your needs or your feelings. You have to also know what they are. (laughs) You have to also feel that you know what they are. And I think many people also feel guilty about even having a need, that they even shouldn't have a need. Maybe it was because it wasn't respected growing up, it wasn't encouraged to have needs, to be able to express them, they were squashed. Other people feel other people should come before me. So let's say they think my needs should come last, other people's needs should come before me. And when that's not expressed, there's a lot of underlying resentment that happens. When people think my needs are not important, then they also internalize it that therefore I am not important. And we start projecting that out to other people. And that can come across in a very passive aggressive way also. And I've said this before on different podcasts, but I like people to also play with the difference between needs and wants and preferences. Needs are really basic needs. A want is a desire. A preference is something that if you don't get it, you can let go of. So it's letting go more of your attachment, let's say, to to the outcome. So you might want to play with the difference between a need, a want, and a preference. But in general terms right now, I'm just going to talk about people's needs because that's what a lot of people say. I don't express my needs. So in some sense, you know, I'm going to get a little basic here. In some sense, all emotions derive from needs. I'm going to say that again. All emotion derives from needs. And, you know, that's, that can be profound. Whenever you are uncomfortable, let's say in distress, or in emotional pain, you can begin to change your situation by realizing that you are in pain, that there is suffering going on because you are not getting something that you need or you want. And in NVC, in nonviolent communication, and I've done some podcasts with Steve Torm on the past on that, and we talk about unmet needs and expressing feelings at the bottom of that is our unmet need. So if you can kind of accept that needs determine emotions, then you can recognize that communicating your needs needs to be done more consciously. And if you're not adept in in that area, it's probably because you learned it from people who are not proficient also. And many of us, of course, had that upbringing. So again, in the principle of nonviolent communication, it reminds us we are more likely to get our needs met when we get better at communicating our needs. And then the greater emotional well-being we will experience. So I think with, let's say, conscious communication, it's making it easier and more possible for 
the other person that you're communicating to to meet your need when you ask for a specific behavior to be fulfilled. And here are some basic steps to communicate in that way. One, whenever you feel upset, you know, you can realize that it is because there is a unmet need that you have. And then you can identify perhaps what happened or that was different from what you expected. Because when we don't meet our expectations in the situations, our emotions arise. We get frustrated or there is some type of need, again, that's not being met because we expected it to be. We can then identify what we need that we did not get and then we can ask for the behavior and being specific as possible is the best route. And that's again where I believe expressing a positive need is much better than expressing a negative need and specifically. I hear some people say, I want to feel loved by you or I want to feel cherished by you. I hear that that's a need, an unmet need, but there's no specific request in a behavior. You know, a specific request in that would be when you come home after being out all day, I would love to get a hug from you so that I can feel that connection and I can feel the love that we have. That's a specific request to a specific behavior for a specific need to be met. Instead, usually what I hear from that is something to the effect of, you never hug me when you come home and that means that you don't want to connect with me. We think that we're expressing a need, but in many ways it's a criticism and we're not expressing what it is that we want this person to do, to meet a need. So I do believe that you have a right to ask for the things that you need in a relationship. In fact, in some way, you have a responsibility to yourself and to your partner to be clear about your needs because you are an expert on yourself. You are an expert of what you feel and what you want and what you need. No one else, not even your partner, can read your mind and know what you need in the way of support or in the way of certain amount of contact, communication, or your own sense of individuality of being having time alone, or different aspects of security in your life, whether that's financial security or aspects of love security. You know what you need. So communicating it. Many people don't communicate it. And I think a lot of women don't communicate more because they feel that they may not get their needs met or their needs aren't as important. And so they question it. They don't express it. Many people also don't express it because they have gotten rejected from expressing their needs before. And it's kind of like this tape that goes on of like, what's the use of expressing my need? I don't get what I want anyway. And then we somehow expect the other person or our partner to read our mind, to know what it is that we need. And in my experience of being a couples therapist, 
I see it all the time that when people rely on, let's say, the mind reading to get their needs fulfilled, it creates feelings of anger, resentment, contempt towards the other person, which almost inevitably leads to, I think, the erosion and the demise of the relationship. I also think that it is easy to fall into the trap of believing that your partner should know what it is that you need without you even having to, again, say anything. That if they really loved you and they really knew what you wanted and who you are and they weren't so selfish, they would automatically and naturally just do what it is that you really need. And you might feel then that perhaps a change in their behavior is maybe somewhat less real because you asked for it. I hear couples say, well, now you're just doing it because I told you that I wanted that, not because you really want to. And hey, I tell people, people are different. You might see something that is so obvious to you, but your partner can be oblivious to it. So you need to tell them and in some way help train them to be aware of some of your needs. So when you ask for it and then they actually do it, don't get resentful because you had to ask for it. You're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your needs. And then if it's appreciated for them doing what it is that you've asked for, that's going to encourage the person to actually do more of that instead of getting criticized for not doing it the right way or just having to do it because they were told. You know, in a good relationship too, that's just not uh, a one-way street. You know, just you expressing your needs. Uh, Hopefully you know this, but asking someone to meet your needs is just not, like I said, a unilateral process. You want to encourage your partner to make their needs known as well. And hopefully you're going to do the best to, to listen, to inquire, to understand, to be curious, and try to meet those needs when you can. So in a healthy relationship, both partners are eager to want to try that to one another. They want to encourage that other person to feel that their needs are being met and that they're respected. You know, and I would also throw out that uh, you want to, I think it's important to try to understand the other person's like uniqueness around it. You may not understand why they like things done a certain way or how something that can seem maybe so trivial to you or not important can actually be important to your partner. But we all have different, let's say, quirks. So be open to more understanding around those needs of your your partner. You know, and here's a a hard one too, in some way to, to grasp that you have a right to ask, you have a right to request, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your needs will always be met, right? You know, your partner or your kids, they have needs too. And at times, those needs may conflict with yours. So making your needs known is not about, 
you know, issuing, let's say, a ultimatum that it has to be this way. It's more about being open to have dialogue, open to have communication for cooperation, for negotiation and compromise. And I know that there's boundaries around all of this. You know, if an issue is too important to you to accept somebody's no, and if this refusal to meet your needs is, let's say, a constant pattern in which you feel taken advantage of or walked over, then you may really need to assess the, the relationship. Boundaries are, are really important for a healthy relationship. And boundaries are going to be important in this aspect of, of getting needs met also. So in, the, in a healthy relationship, as I said in last week's podcast, you're going to feel more of a balance, especially when you're exchanging these needs, these requests for needs. When you feel more taken advantage of it, again, walked all over, you've got to work with a lot of the underlying trust in the relationship. And you may have to reassess uh, your boundaries. Boundaries is a whole big issue. I've done a couple podcasts on it. You can check those out, setting boundaries or setting boundaries without feeling guilt. That will also help you along of how you are expressing your needs and also about being able to comply or not with somebody else's needs. You know, one thing that's coming to my mind around this is I hear a lot in dialogue when people are expressing their feelings or expressing themselves they too often say, you make me feel. You make me feel is a phrase that I hear very often. And it invites hurt feelings. It invites more of an argument. Because when you say, you make me feel, it comes across as an accusation or a statement of blame. It is not a statement of your feelings. A statement of your feelings is a feeling word. I feel. I feel sad. I feel anxious. That can invite empathy from the listener. An accusation is putting off and it will create defensiveness. Because usually if you say to somebody, you make me feel uncomfortable or you make me feel angry, probably what you're going to get back is, well, you make me feel angry and you make me feel belittled. You make me feel is disempowering. It gives away your power, let's say, to fix your negative feelings. It makes you into, in some way, a victim. And the, the phrase also induces guilt or shame to the other person which simultaneously renders you powerless. And of course, in reality, we all know this, nobody makes us feel a certain way. We just feel that when somebody says or does something. They don't make us feel that way. And folks, don't get this confused with, I feel you, again, I feel you don't love me. I hear that people say, I said a feeling word, I owned it. No, you didn't. You just said, I feel you don't love me. 
instead of I feel unloved. The second one is going to invite the person to be curious of your experience. The first one, I feel you don't love me, is going to get defensiveness. And plus, it's not a feeling, that second one. That's a thought. That's something that you're making up in your mind. It's very different to say, I feel unloved when you walk in the house and you go right to your room and you don't even make contact with me. My concern is we're going to drift farther apart. That is going to instill an open dialogue, hopefully. Because when you, when you want to express a need or a feeling and you say, I feel, and you express a feeling word, you want the focus to be on you instead of you make me feel, which focuses on the other person, and it takes the focus off of your own responsibility of understanding yourself and expressing that to the other person. Because when you say, I feel, it starts an exploration of what you yourself are feeling and why. And that's a path of self-discovery. And if you're able to share it of your own self-disclosure of what you know about yourself to the other person, that's intimacy. That's being known, right? And intimacy is to know and to be known. So you want to be able to express that path of self-discovery to the other person and not be on their side of the net and telling them what they're doing to make you feel a certain way. Yeah, I know this is a lot, isn't it? Some of you are probably getting a little confused. Hopefully you're going to be rewinding this and listen to it over and over again. So in some way, the bottom line is how you express feelings will make a huge difference in how receptively your feelings will be heard by the other person. And again, you cannot control how the other person receives you. You can only control how you send it out. So it's our responsibility to, I use this expression, to send out it in your alignment as much as you can to send it out in clarity, in understanding of yourself, in a calm way, in a clear way, and if somebody receives it adversely, I'd say take a quick mirror back. Did you send it out in your alignment? Did you own and take responsibility of your feelings? Not accusatory, not attacking the other person. If you did do that in alignment, you got to let the other person have their experience. And some people might take it personally. They might feel that it was a criticism of them and they might take it as negative feelings that you're describing. That just might be their experience. So hopefully you will keep experimenting on expressing your needs and expressing your feelings because what's more important is sharing your inner feelings. And hopefully that will enhance the feeling of closeness between you and your partner. Don't hold back. Don't bottle it up. Don't suffer in your own holding of your feelings and your needs. I think in some way this is why we're here, is to learn how to do this well with each other. Right now we all know 
in the world, it's really hard in some way to communicate our needs and our desires and our feelings. A lot of people are really heightened in whatever division that's taking place in the world. There's a lot of unmet needs, especially in the area of fear, bodily health, well-being. There's a lot of financial stress. And that can really affect the way that we are communicating with each other. So we really have to make room for the different ways that we do express ourselves. And we have to take individual responsibility of how we are expressing ourselves to others. Okay, folks, I think that's about all that I got tonight. My cats, I don't know if you can hear him. He's snoring a little bit. <laughs> He's out. I put him out. I hope he got more out of this than he did. But before I go, I want to make an exciting announcement. My new website, prepo.com, is up and running. That's so much easier to say, huh? Prepo.com than heartsharecounseling.com. However, both websites are still active and we're working to carry over heartsharecounseling.com to automatically go to prepo.com and that will happen soon. So I want to give a big shout out to my son Xander for all the help over the summertime to designing and getting this website up. I really enjoyed working with you on it, son. And to his girlfriend, Emma, to getting it started many months ago and her efforts in the website. Thank you, Emma. And to my wife, Rainbow, for all of her help in editing and her ideas and feedback to get it looking so good. And also to my stepsister, Laura, for initiating prepo.com and gifting me that domain name many months ago. And I'm also offering you a free gift to help you with this episode of increasing your emotional vocabulary feeling words. So if you're interested in increasing your feeling vocabulary, I'm offering this free list on my website, prepo.com, of almost 200 feeling words to help you increase your emotional intelligence and express your feelings and needs. On the homepage, you can click HeartShare Counseling, and on the menu is the Relationship Tips page, and you'll be able to access the feeling vocabulary list there. Coming soon, in the month of October, I am going to have some guided meditations recorded by me and also some recorded by my wife, Rainbow, that you're going to get to hear her voice in some guided meditations. That will be available on my website for a purchase. For instance, letting go of worry was just completed. Being the partner that you want to be. Increasing emotional intelligence. Increasing joy, etc., etc. I'm excited about getting those up on the website in October. And I do want to give a wonderful shout out to, again, my wife Rainbow for really helping me with those guided meditations. She does a lot of work behind the scenes in my podcast and in a lot of the work that I do with her suggestions, her editing. She has just great ear and eye for how things are expressed. 
And boy, is she patient with me. So thank you, love. I so appreciate your support. And one way that I think I support myself um, and get some of my needs met, especially in these times, is I like to have more positive music around me and take care of myself in how I, what I sing to myself and, and what words are coming into my field. I think that's really important for us to understand that how powerful words are. So the things that you say, the music that you listen to, it's going to penetrate inside of you and it can manifest in, in many ways. So I know that uh, people are having a, a real challenging time right now in many ways. And I speak to people every day to try to help change that perspective within themselves, give some inspiration in different ways for them to feel more power inside themselves. So there's been a song. <laughs> That's right. There is a song coming to mind that goes way back, 1970, that I used to sing, and I'm singing it to myself again, from the five stair steps. Does anybody know that? Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things are going to get brighter. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things get brighter. Someday we'll put it together and we'll get it undone. Someday when your head is much lighter. Someday we'll walk in the rays of a beautiful sun. Someday when the world's much brighter. Mm. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things get brighter. Come on, sing with me. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things are gonna get brighter. Yeah, folks, things are gonna get easier and things are gonna get brighter. They've got to. I hope you make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.